This is the EVP Podcast. You heard that correctly, folks. It is the EVP Podcast with your host, Ghosty. And Beaker. And it is episode 125 already. 125? Yeah, that went by fast. Holy hell. It's like we've been doing this for two and a half years. Seems like it if it's 125. Well, we have been. Yes, 125, have. that's a lot. It's getting up there. Well, this thing, there's only 52 weeks in a year. This is our third season. If we did seasons. If we did seasons. This is our third year. We go by winters. Yeah, This is going to be our third winter. This is going to be our third winter. <laughs> All right, guys. This week, we're going to stay here in Utah. Oh, thank God. I'm tired of traveling. Right? We're going to be in Nephi, just an hour south of us. Nephi, Utah. Yeah, last week we were in London, uh, so we decided to come back to home. Come back home. Come back home. Come back to home. Well, the reason why... <laughs> Pick this one was because I've seen it on an episode of Ghost Adventures. You know, it's funny. When you told me about this one, did you already say what it was? No, I, I did not. Attention. No. Okay. So when you told me about this, I was like, yeah, dude, I totally told you about this place. And you're like, no. I'm like, I swear to God, I told you about this place. And then I remembered I told Brandy, and <laughs> not you, no, you about not. this place. So I've known about it, but I never watched the Ghost Adventures episode until recently. Yeah, I just barely came across it. I thought I had seen it because it showed I watched it, but I probably slept through it. But Quite possibly. <laughs> but I uh, started watching it, and I was like, where the hell haven't we ever heard of this? And or even gone or even seen it as a, as a location? Which is funny. is like one of the truck drivers that come to my work told me about this place earlier this year. I looked into it a little bit, and I'm like, hey, I should go check this out. And I think I contacted Brandy and said, let's go check this out. Did we? No. <laughs> Did I tell you about it? No, and if I had, we probably would have checked it out already. Yep. Um, this is a place we're definitely going to go to. It's not one we're just going to add to our list and probably never go to. Uh, this one we'll actually we're going to go to. Yeah, I actually reached out to the owners and talked to them a little bit, but they are closed right now. Uh, they do like a whole Halloween thing for September, October. Yeah, and I think when I was looking at their website earlier today, they also do stuff for Christmas in November and December. Okay, so yeah, they're going to be closed for a while. But yeah, they're but. It is a haunted bed and breakfast. They do have, I believe, two king-size rooms and two queen-size rooms that yes. you can rent out normally when they're not doing the holidays. holiday stuff. And just in case you were wondering, if you haven't figured it out yet, we are going to the Whitmore Mansion. Whitmore Mansion. As you said, in Nephi, Utah. So this place, um, it's old. So you old know when it's dirt. You know when it's old, it's Utah's haunted well it's met the evp standards for haunted it's over 100 years old yes it was uh built in 1898 yes so whitmore mansion uh was the family home to george carter whitmore his wife mary elizabeth hagu hag hagu yep sure it was whitmore they got married yeah and then they had eight (laughs) children uh george and elizabeth and some of the children ended up moving away eventually and uh um George Montgomery Whitmore was a caretaker. He's the son of George Carter Whitmore and his younger brother, Harvey. Um, they eventually moved, and in ni- was it? 1937, it turned into Nephi Hospital. It was opened up by head nurse, Mrs. O.W. Langhorn. Uh, the maternity ward was located on the second floor of the mansion. The hospital was open to general cases as well as offered private rooms and wards. And then in March of 1938, from hospital to hotel... Louis Anderson and his wife opened up Anderson Hotel at the Whitmore Mansion. Uh, They also opened Anderson Market, located on the corner of Main Street and First South. Then, in June of 1958, 
The Daily Herald reports that Whitmore Mansion is being cared for by Mr. and Mrs. Frank Brah. Brah? Brah? Brah. Ah, brah. And then in 1962, the mansion is threatened with destruction. There's talk of tearing down the mansion if land is needed to expand Painter Motors Company. Um, and then again in 1962 in May, uh, the famous Whitmore Mansion to be raised. Uh, the Daily Herald reports that Whitmore will come down to make room. Also, they were going; they were about to tear that they, down. They wanted to tear it down several times. Yeah, not just once. There was like two or three times they tried to tear this place down. I guess it didn't get torn down because in 1966 it turned into the Nephi School of Music. I mean, I guess it didn't get torn down because we because we're, we were talking about get, it. We're talking yeah. about it. We're going to go there. <laughs> and then in 1970. Or was it 19? Yeah, 1970, it was listed on the um, National Register of Historic Places. Which is funny because the next article you're going to talk about. Is that it was uh, their purchase. Oh, okay. They wanted to demolish it again. Yeah, again, after it was already. So just a year later. (laughs) So Mr. and Mrs. Richard D. Smith, um, they purchased the home. And so the, the fears of destroying it went away. Um, and then 1972, Whitmore Mansion is again threatened with destruction yep. and rumors of demolition. I got ahead of myself because it was the, not the next one or the one after. Yeah. But. Um, and then that talks about the history of home declares it would be a criminal act to destroy a home of so much worth. And then Darlene and Donald Bendowski restored Whitmore Mansion in 1978. I think 1978 is when it actually officially became a national historical landmark, which means at that point they can't tear it down. Yeah. Yep. That's right. They cannot. And it's been a, an inn since. Yeah, it's been bed and breakfast. It's gone through several owners. I think that continues to talk yeah. about some of the owners. I know at one point uh, it was actually a private residence. And this is the case when Ghost Adventures went there. I believe it was a private residence. And they went there back in 2021. And was it? They weren't doing a bed and breakfast then? Uh, not according to the Ghost Adventures okay. episode. It seemed like the people that they were they talking were to, hanging out they were they there. lived there, apparently. Or they were uh, probably restoring it. They, prob- they might have been restoring it, that. yeah. So the, the episode they was filmed in 2021. It aired in 2022. So this is fairly recent. Right. And then uh, let's talk about some of the history of why it would even be haunted. Okay. So one of the things they do mention in Ghost Adventures that there was a gentleman named Joe Walker. Joe Walker. So the story they tell in Ghost Adventures is that Joe Walker had some cattle that was basically gifted to the Whitmore family for them to hold on to until it became of age. Yeah, so not gifted to them, just hold on to these cows it, basically, for Basically, yeah, hold on to these cows. Uh, so what happened is uh, uh, Joe was born in about 1850. His father was killed when he was very young, so that's why the... And the reason why the cattle went to the Whitmores is because... He was too young. He was, Well, he was too young. But uh, James Whitmore, the the George's father, George Sr.'s father, mm. um, was Joe's uh, uncle. uncle. Uncle, yes. So um, after the cattle went to... It was James, right? James Whitmore. Uh, when it went to him and his wife, they... Basically became cattle ranchers, and they opened up a cattle farm in Arizona. And shortly after they got to Arizona, James was killed by uh, natives during a raid. Mm-hmm. And so George is now widow, and her kids—not George, James is widow. <laughs> James is widow, and her kids—they all moved to Nephi, Utah. Um, and when George came of age, when he turned eighteen, 
Um, I think that's when he opened up the the first bank. He became one of the first banks there in in Nephi, Utah. Yeah, he did open up the first bank. So, yes, he opened up the first bank, and then um, it wasn't too long after that that Joe decided, you know, he became of age. His mother passed away, and he came to the Whitmores, and he's like, you know, he felt he was entitled to his inheritance, basically. Because from from his understanding is he was supposed to be getting this cattle back uh, when he was old enough to, to herd them, basically. Right. And so he approached the Whitmores, and he's like, hey, you know, some of these cattle are mine. Right, and th- these are his cousins. Yeah, these are his cousins, his, his aunt, his cousins. And there were, from what I understand... Um, they kind of were like, you're not our relative. We don't really know who you are, so no. Right, it, because, you know, the, the whole agreement thing kind of died off yeah. when he passed away, and then things kind of changed hands, and nobody knew the agreement, and it kind of seemed like everything kind of just got lost. Everything was done by the handshakes back then. Pretty much. I mean, this was 1800s. late 1800s. And so, basically, Joe kind of became an outlaw at this point. Like, he... You know, didn't really have any money. He was doing odd jobs around price. Seemed like he was banking on these cows. Yeah. He was so banking on these cows. He got denied these this this cattle that his family was supposed to be holding on to him or holding on to for him. And so he just started doing like odd jobs around Price, Utah. And I guess one night he just got really drunk up and went and started shooting up Price and just causing all sorts of havoc and devastation and ended up becoming an outlaw at this point. Now, they say that he did run around with Butch Cassidy and his gang. And there was several times where he would kind of go in and steal, like, cattle and horses from the Whitmores. Because mm-hmm. he kind of, he felt he was owed to these. The old, old, um, this stuff was owed to him. And at one point, uh, there was a, a big robbery that went down near um, Castlegate Payroll. They, they pulled off about an $8,000 robbery, which, you know, back in 1897. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Now, I read another, another article where people are actually standing up for Joe, saying that he wasn't an outlaw. He was actually a decent man and, you know, worked hard. And that uh, he was actually, one lady said that Joe was actually staying at her father's house at the time of the robbery, so he couldn't be involved in he, There was no way he could have been involved in the robbery. And that he was just a man looking to get what was owed to him with the cattle and all that. So they said he was actually a decent man. But according to historians, like they put him there at the robbery that he was an outlaw running with Butch Cassidy. I don't know what actually the true story is, but um, every article I found basically says, yeah, he ran with Butch Cassidy. He was part of this robbery. And that he was stealing cattle and, and horses from the Whitmore's. So eventually it got to the point shortly after some more cattle were stolen that he stole in uh, 1898. uh, He was chased down by a posse of nine men. He happened to be hanging out with a cowboy named Johnny Herring, who they both kind of went down for the night. They made camp. And this posse had actually found these two, thinking that it was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, so they surrounded them. And they knew the reason why they surrounded him is because they knew Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid had a habit of like shooting their way out of situations. So they surrounded him. Uh, Johnny and and Joe wake up, see that they're surrounded. So they 
did the same thing, started shooting at the, the men, and the men shot back and, and killed uh, Joe and Johnny. So what the story that Ghost Adventures tells is is that they kind of leave all of a lot of that out. They do say that they, I don't think they mentioned anything about Joe stealing the cattle. I don't remember if they... I think they did. They might. They probably did then. Um, I don't remember, but it's, it's possible. Yeah, it sounded like he was just... Like he just showed up to be like, hey, let me get my, my cattle. And they said, no, you can't. And so he went and stole it. And then they chased him down and killed him. That's what it sounded like for them. But okay. And then get into a they didn't get into a lot of details. Like I, how they were related. The takeaway I got was that the, he showed up, wanted in the cattle. And yeah, you're right. Ghost Adventures doesn't mention anything about them being related or the family denying that they were related. They made it sound like, you know, they did talk about how the Whitmores were supposed to hold on to this until he became of age. Mm-hmm. And then they refused to give him the cattle. Um, and then the, he stole the, it. What I took took away from it is that they, you know, because this guy was asking for the cattle, that they came up with some lie, and that George actually chased him down and killed him. Yeah, it sounded like he's the one. That, but basically, what I got from Ghost Adventures is George is the one that actually killed Joe. Yeah. Um, from all the articles that I found and read. It, it was a posse. It was a posse, and, all, and it wasn't even George. It was one of George's sons. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was George Sr. or George Jr., but it was probably Sr. Um, one of George's sons was a part of the posse. It wasn't even George himself. But Ghost Adventures is like, oh, this place is haunted because George tracked this guy down and shot him. <laughs> well, so, I mean, they, there is some truth to their story. I thought it was kind of crap at first, and I once I did a little bit of research, I was actually able to find several articles um they didn't mention that ghost adventures that joe was considered an outlaw no not at all he's just like, they just made it sound like he was just like a just some random guy that's yeah. like hey you guys are holding on to my cattle i want it back yeah that's um i think the actual story the part of what i just talked about i think that's way more interesting than what ghost adventures gave definitely. us definitely the also on the land they found dead bodies of go shoot indians like this a so burial it was, it was so there was a big fort that they had built around this uh this cattle ranch, basically. Mm-hmm. And so this was about eight blocks from where the current mansion is, is where they found... What did they find? It was like in the 70s, wasn't it? I can't remember what year Someone was, was but... building a house, and when they were digging up the ground uh, for the basement of the house is when they found... The bones. The bones of these Goshoot Indians. And these were peaceful natives. They didn't, like, go to war or anything like that, and they found them with bullet holes in the back of their head, so it made it look like they were all executed. I think they estimated it that they were killed around 1853, somewhere in there. So they weren't actually on the land, but they were nearby, and I can imagine, like, if they made it, if their spirits made it to the house, they would be pissed off. And I think anyone that was basically murdered in cold blood or massacred is what they were calling it, the go shoot massacre. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I can see them being angry. Oh, for sure. Like, people just came up in their property and just started blasting them. Yeah, I'd be mad, too. I'd stick around. So those are some of the stories that Ghost Adventures talked about as possible reasons why this place is haunted. Yes. And then, you know, fast forward, this place turns into a hospital. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more spirits came about from that, too. Yeah, there's probably some. There, It's possible there's some deaths there. And people are just hanging on there. I mean, at one point it was a school of music. And as we know that sometimes spirits haunt places that were familiar to them when they were alive. So it's possible that there's some people that really enjoyed the place when it was a school that they attended. So it's possible that they're hanging out there for that reason. 
Uh, I don't know for sure until we actually get a chance to investigate. We'll find out. We will find out. We'll let you know. I thought this episode was really interesting. It kind of started off with them interviewing the homeowners at the time. Yeah. Um, I always kind of laugh when he says that they called out to us for help. Um, I don't think they did. (laughs) I think Ghost Adventures found out that they were haunted or someone local like recommended it to Ghost Adventures. Because I know a lot of places here, uh, like Benson Grist Mill, Salt Air, have been on, or Case Cross. I mean, there's so many places here in Utah that's been on Ghost Adventures, it's not even funny. Right. It's usually a local resident here contacts Ghost Adventures and like, hey, this place is haunted. You should come check it out. And I know some people have done that. And honestly, I would too. Um, <laughs> I would do that and reach out to them if I got to be on TV. You know what I mean? Why like, not? I, I know some people that have done that. They've reached out to them and brought them to certain locations so they could be on the on the TV show. And I will be the first to admit I would do the same damn thing if I could. If I had thought of it first. You know damn. what I mean? Like Benson Grist Mill, I was a little upset when I found out about that one. I was like, I go there all the time. Everybody goes all there. Yeah. Goes there all the time. I was I was not smart enough to contact our best friend Zach and be like, "Hey, put us on your show." Damn, I think he's trying to not show favoritism. True. That makes sense. So, um, yeah. So they're telling the story about some of the stuff they've seen there. So there, I guess there was a visitor that slept in one of the rooms, and they is one of the rooms that has the turd in it. So there's like a big turd on a turd a turret turret <laughs> turret. I don't enunciate. There's a turret. Uh, on one side of the house that goes from the, the bottom floor all the way up to the top, like into the attic. Okay. And on the second floor in the bedroom that the turret is in, uh, one of the ladies had like a sleep paralysis Yeah. and woke up and saw two men in like old time clothes standing at the foot of her bed, just staring at her. That would be, that would freak me out. I freaked me out too. Uh, so she told, I guess it was the sister-in-law or yes. sister of who on the someone that on the home, and they were telling the homeowner about this incident, and they're like, "Well, was one of them this guy?" Because they had a, a painting of George Whitmore in the house still, and she's like, "Yeah, that was him, but younger." Uh. And I guess there was also a medium that they brought in, a psychic medium, as they kept calling her. They brought her in, and she witnessed the same thing at a different time. Um, one of the goings on, one of the stories of, uh, activity there, the one that I thought was interesting is, so this one for sure is the sister-in-law of the person that owned the home at the time of the filming yeah. of the show talked about how her husband had passed away two years prior to this incident. They, for whatever reason, they did a seance. yes, they decided to conduct a seance at the way oh, because I think her son was. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, her son was seeing, uh, they thought it was an imaginary friend named Riley is the name that Mm -hmm. was given to him. So there was that in the combination of her husband had passed away. So they decided to conduct a seance at this mansion. And they brought in this psychic medium. I can't remember her name. I can't remember. It started, it was like Victoria Vanessa or something like that. Um. They bring her in, and during the seance, she asks the lady, does your son have an imaginary friend? And she's like, yeah. And she asked if the name was Riley, and she's like, kind of like, yeah, how did you know? 
And she's like, well, your husband here is is here with us, and he is telling me that it's not an imaginary friend, it's an, a negative attachment. attachment. So basically saying that there's an inhuman entity attached to her son, and that's what he was seeing. And that kind of freaked him out, as it would anybody mm-hmm. when you're being told that your child has an inhu- inhuman entity following them around. Right. At one point during the seance, they also felt like there was someone standing next to her, and uh, when they looked, there was actually no one there, but they felt like it was a really tall person. She thought it was possibly her husband. Right. Uh, she was convinced it was her husband because her husband was six foot, six foot nine. Yeah, she's six foot nine, yeah. Um, but they think, I think the medium and the Zach Bagans and them think that the whatever they saw was not her husband. It might have been something else. Because they did see something on, when they started their oh, investigation, they, they saw the something. They did the SLS. They did the SLS. Uh, if you haven't listened to previous shows of ours, we're not entirely sold on the SLS camera. I know Ghosty owns one. I don't ever use it. He doesn't use it. I've never used it. It just seems like... It's bulky. Well, yeah, that too. But it seems like it just kind of will pick up any random shape and be like, here's an anomaly. It tries to make it's, it... Pareidolia. Yeah. It tries to turn anything You're, into a body. And I've seen it with... like I have an SLS camera app on my phone. And I've seen it do that, where it will pick up random things, like a light post, and be like, this is a person. Right. It could be like a tree behind it somewhere with a branch hanging out, and it tries to pick that up as an arm. Yep. So they think they see this something that's really tall standing next to the medium while they were looking through this SLS camera. And what I thought was funny, was like, it looks like it has a crab-like claw hand. And I'm like, the the SLS, like, I've if you've never seen what it does... It basically tries to map out anomalies or people that aren't really there, and it puts them like a stick figure. So how they're getting a claw hand out of a stick figure is beyond me. Yeah, it was just like the hand was just like enlarged or something, but it's just a stick figure with like a blob for a hand. Right. Yeah. It's not um, a claw. It's not a claw. It's not a crab claw. <laughs> um, there was so much that went on in that episode. Do you want to get into some of it? Um. Well, they had some EVPs that were pretty good. They did. Um, I can't remember even what what it said, but they were there were some good EVPs. There was one where they, Aaron was going back and listening to one of his EVP sessions, and you can clearly hear a woman saying "Zach." Oh, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, there was when they had the medium in the the one bedroom where the two men were seen. They Zach had asked at one point, like, "Who are you and why are you here?" and they said it sounds like uh, the spirit answered and said, I'm the ringleader. Yes. Um, and then they kept getting something with the attic. It kept sounding like there was like a portal or something in the attic. So they were using a, I think it was the paranormal puck, mm-hmm. where you can actually type in f- questions into the app and then it will respond. And they're like, where should we go? And it said the attic. And they're like, who's up there? And I think it said like James... And they're like, where where should we go? And they kept getting the attic on this device. Yeah, and it kept uh, it said gateway. It said, gateway what do you want? Yeah, it said gateway. gateway. And they said to uh, where's the gateway? And it said hell. Yes. And then uh, it kept referring to the attic though, like it's what to me it sounded like is that there was a portal in the attic. Yeah. Well, I think they deduced that the there was a portal in the entire turret from the bottom floor to the oh, okay. to the attic. They think the whole thing is a portal. I did find it interesting because, like, Aaron kept feeling off and weird throughout the whole episode. Um, he did wander off by himself. And while, like, Zach was in the attic, 
in the turret, I think. Um, the other guy was like on the second floor in the turret and then Aaron happened to be sitting on the main floor in the turret. So they all ended up in the turret at the same time without organizing it according to the show. Um, he did have like some static noisemaker thing and they got names through that too when he was in the turret. I can't remember what it said. It said, I think it might've said Whitmore, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't remember what it said either. I don't either. And if I was prepared enough, I would play it for you right now, but I don't. <laughs> you guys are going to have to watch that episode. Right. And then, uh, wasn't Aaron crying about something? So he did. And that was, this part was actually really trippy. Cause like I said, Aaron wandered off by himself. He's in the, he's on the main floor. While was it Billy? Is it the other guy's name? Billy yeah. and Billy and Zach. I mean, Aaron kind of wandered off when they were trying to get Aaron to go up in the attic and he was like yelling at Zach. He's like, I'm not going up there. I'm not going up there. And Zach's like, I'm freaking serious, dude. You need to come up here. And Aaron's like, no. And he wandered off and did his own thing. So when they, I think they were coming down the stairs, Zach like turned his camera and pointed it down the stairs and Aaron was standing pretty much right there. Oh yeah. And it's, it's very quick on the video, but, and it is a little blurry, but it kind of just, it looks like something out of a horror movie. Like it doesn't look like the way Zach described it is it didn't look like Aaron, you know, and just from the little quick clip that they show just with how fast the camera went, like I can kind of see how to him, it doesn't look like Aaron. Like it does look like something else. And it scared the shit out of both of them. Was it more of just, they were surprised that he's there though. Yeah. So, well, this is why they're surprised they're there. Because the stairs, I guess, I mean, they're old. Mm-hmm. So, and kind of throughout the episode, I'd have to go back and listen to it. But I think throughout the episode, because the stairs are so old, you can hear someone walking up and down those stairs, right? Mm-hmm. So, Aaron apparently was standing there for about 12 minutes before they found him. And they went back and watched some of their static cameras. And... Aaron, they could see him standing at the, on the main floor at the base of the stairs for probably like 10 minutes, just standing there staring at nothing. Mm-hmm. And then he walked up to the, the top of the stairs and just stood there for like 12 minutes before they found him. And that's when Aaron like sat down on the stairs and he started bawling. And he's just like, I don't know how I got there. I don't remember walking up the stairs. And I think it was shortly after this that he excused himself from the investigation and he went outside. What do you think? Um, I've seen a lot of stuff on Ghost Adventures. And I've seen them make up a lot of stuff. This is one of those things where I think his energy did feel a little off in that. And I mean, I, I recommend on, even though there's other people in the house, like I recommend like don't wandering around by yourself. Just so there's always someone there like, the buddy system, basically, in case someone gets hurt or something happens. Um, I mean, it could have all been an act, but I, I don't think it was. Because all the episodes I've seen, I've never, ever seen an episode where Aaron's acted like that before. Let's talk to the owners when we get there. Well, Let's find, well we, we got to find out. And maybe we will share it, depending on what they'd say we can talk about. Yeah. Um, that, what do you that, think? I don't know. I was kind of like... I was kind of just being like, oh, are you guys acting again? What the hell? I've seen him act, but that this one seemed really out of character for Aaron. Yeah, it just kind of seemed Even like... for where he's like acting. Because, like, I mean, even if you're acting, that's still like tough to just kind of stand in one spot staring at the wall for like 
10, 15 minutes. True. You know what I mean? I don't know. His energy kind of did feel a little off to me. I think it is possible he might have been influenced by something to do that. But I don't know for sure. What about when Billy was freaking out because he thought he was having he was having like a deja vu experience? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. It was deja vu. And I've seen it and I've done it myself where I've experienced deja vu. And I'd swear up and down like, no, we've already done this. This has already happened. And I mean, that's what that's what Billy was doing. He's like, you've already listened to this. I've already listened to you. Listen to the end of this recording. He's like, why are you listening to it again? And Zach is like, dude, I promise you uh, I've never done this. I haven't listened back to it yet. Like I think I would remember me singing like Ring Around the Rosies. So listening to it. So I've kind of picked something up when it comes to Billy and his acting. He it seems like when he's like that seemed like he was acting. Yo, no, I hundred percent agree. It was I think it was acting, but I think at the same time, like it is possible that he was just experiencing deja yeah, vu because I've, been I've seen that. people like argue it when they've experienced deja vu. Like I had this happen to me recently when I said something to somebody and they're like like, no, we've had this conversation. I'm like, I can assure you, I have never been in the situation where I have bought these two items together. I'm like, let alone, I've never been on the phone with you while I'm at the grocery store. So we've never had this conversation. But she swore up and down that I was crazy and that we had talked about it before. So, I mean, it is entirely possible, but I'm going to kind of lean more towards what you're saying. Well, if you think about it, like whenever he gets like real aggravated like that and starts it's complete acting. Yeah. Because in, in that situation, I would have been like, you know, it would have been funny. Like, I swear to God, we this has happened. You know, it had just been like a funny interaction. But he gets like all heated. This and, is true. And it's like, why are you getting mad for? Yeah, when you put and it that just, way, like like I said, it is. I've seen people argue it when they've had deja vu. Yeah, um, I've just, done it myself. But like, he seemed like overly he was just mad right he was off like the bat. Overly angry about it. So I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think it was uh, all acting. 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 It was part of the script. Yeah, they probably had to do that two or three takes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Unlike us, we don't have a script. We just kind of wing it. Yeah, we just kind of go, this is what we're going to do. Let's do it. Yes. And no we, scripting here. We don't need no scripts. Amateurs. <laughs> what else? Um, Let's see. I think that was really... I think this was one of those episodes where it just like abruptly yeah, ended, Yeah, it too. was just like an abrupt end. It was just like, okay, it's, oh, it's over. And I'm like, what the... Yeah, there was no like send-off or like <laughs> a... Well, this is, you know, there they, was just... It was they, like... Have you noticed they do that a lot? Yes. They'll just have episodes that are just kind of like, okay, we're done. Yeah, like, and there was all like... All right, man. So... Anything get fixed? <laughs> yeah, that's why I think it's interesting. Well, they they called us here for help, and it's just like... They just what? go... They... They go, they get freaked out, and then they leave. Oh, the woman's... The, Aaron opened a door, and he said he heard a woman, like, scream or hum or something. And he, like, slammed the door shut and started running, like, screaming, like, oh, my God, did you guys hear that? Yeah, no, who does that you know, on an investigation? Uh, I do. Not really. The only time I got freaked out is when that the speaker growled at me. Right, but even then, you'd go running out of there. No, I'd try to hand you the speaker and right. ask you to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> But nobody went running and screaming. Oh, they anymore. went running and screaming. Zach's like, oh, what happened? You're giving me a heart attack. What I did find interesting is when he used the... I almost wanted to buy a parabolic mic after this or a boom mic like he had because mm-hmm. he was pointing it in an empty room and you can hear women talking on the boom mic that uh, Zach had. Oh, like in another house? I don't know if it has that kind <laughs> of range. I mean, I don't know if it has that kind of range. 
to, to hear someone talking in another house. It's not like, you know, our microphone's here. It's not like, you know, we're picking up your neighbors because, I mean, the wall right behind us here is your neighbor's house. I don't think they're in there right now. Probably not. They'd be yelling at us. Yeah. They wouldn't like us very much. But even if they were talking, our mic's not going to pick that up. Like, I don't know how well a boom mic would pick up something from another house. You know what I mean? Well, get one and let's find out. Well, I know someone that has a parabolic. Maybe I'll reach out to him and see if Hell we can yeah, it. let's go find out. Let's listen to the neighbors. <laughs> how about, <laughs> hey, new? <no. laughs> well, we are going to go down there and check this house out because this is definitely on the radar and it's close by. But before we check out this house, we're going to check out the Ritz Theater on September 30th. Tickets are only $50. Uh, follow our link tree somewhere in there. I posted on, on the social medias, on the social medias, EVP.pod. Instagram and Facebook. There's a link tree. There's, there's links to buy the tickets. Like I said, they're $50. Um, September 30th, the end of this month. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, there's probably a link somewhere where you're listening to it. Most likely. Cause we put it there too. Hell yeah. Um, we really would love to show you this place. This place is awesome. I think it's one of my new favorite places to investigate. The Ritz? Yes, the Ritz. Yeah, hopefully we can still investigate it after this because it's it's closed. Yeah, it is closed, and I know that they're looking to sell. So I'm not sure how much longer they're going to allow investigations there. And then uh, in October, we've got an investigation coming up at Benton Grist Mill. Tickets on the, for those will be $25. And every week I keep saying, like, I'm going to get the tickets available on Eventbrite, and maybe one of these days I'll do it. Maybe this week. Maybe this week. <laughs> All right, guys. Go so you don't play that. Peace out, butterflies.